If you're not in Canada, you may not know that for over a month now, we've been witnesses to a major dispute between the hereditary chiefs of an indigenous community in northern British Columbia and a gas company and the government over the building of a pipeline. I cannot get into too much detail, but basically this deal, 10 years in the making, is a $6.6 billion deal that at its peak will employ up to 10,000 people. The project has support from 20 elected band councils along the 400-mile route. But just as construction began, five hereditary clan chiefs decided that the pipeline could not proceed without their consent. This has led to protests, blockades, and roadblocks across the country, and arguments about who has authority over native land. This has affected everyone in the country, but the Catholic bishops have been silent. And I get it, it's not really a matter of faith and morals, but it is a matter of livelihood and care for our common home. So, does the church fall on the side of the people who need jobs, or on the side of protecting the ecology? You tell me. The truth is that both of those are important, and we have to live in the tension. Church teaching is usually black and white, but how we apply them to our day-to-day -day realities is not often black and white. Let's pray for the negotiators that they're able to find the right course, one that benefits both the human and the natural ecology. I'm Deacon Pedro, and this is the Salt and Light Hour. Hello and welcome to an all-new Salt and Light Hour. I'm Deacon Pedro. I am Billy Chan. And I'm Noel Okel. And it's uh, the first week in Lent, second week in Lent. Second, second week in Lent. Second. How are you guys doing with the Lenten challenge? The salt... Uh, awkward. Oh, awkward. Awkward pause. pause. This is terrible. So did you feed the hungry? <laughs> no, I think... No, the thing is this. I you think... You um, feed the hungry. No, I, no. I fed the hungry. We did Billy it. was hungry and you and fed him. And I fed him. <laughs> he didn't bring his lunch today, so I gave him some of mine. Okay, Billy has an excuse. That stop, counts, right? Stop lying. Stop. That counts. That counts. Yeah, it counts. An, do you have an excuse for not doing the Lenten challenge? No, I think we do it like every day in the year, not only for the challenge, oh, right? That so sounds, sounds like an excuse. That's yeah. That sounds like an excuse. That's so, Billy, where do people learn about the Lenten challenge? It's on the Lent page. On the Lent page yeah. at saltandlighttv.org. Exactly. And on our social media, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Yes. Exactly, yes. Yeah. So, on Facebook, people. Yeah, you people can find it anyway in our new, new website. Okay, now, here, I have good news, guys. I got mail from uh, a young woman named Caitlin I'm assuming she's young Caitlin Fitzgerald of New Jersey and she oh, writes interesting I needed to reach out because I've been listening to the Salt and Light Hour on Sirius XM for about a year and I really enjoy hearing the new music stories behind the lyrics and the journeys each artist has experienced great job on all aspects of the show thank you Caitlin after listening she writes this past weekend I felt prompted to share music by a young adult minister in the Patterson Diocese. Ooh. His name is Dan Ferrari. Mm -hmm. So remember last week we were talking yes. about how we, we people should let us know yeah, yeah. about artists they know. So yeah. we checked him out, Dan Ferrari, and he's really good. <laughs> Turns out the guy's really yeah, good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I reached out to Dan Ferrari, and we're going to feature him his music on the show Very good. later on in the oh, month. Oh, that's awesome. You know, maybe that's good next to hear. Month or so. so there you go. If you're an artist, musician, composer, or if you know anyone who's doing music and you think that they should be featured on the show, just let us know. Radio at saltandlighttv.org. 
Find me on uh, social media at Deacon Pedro. Okay, so we're very proud to be one of the very few shows, uh, if not probably the only Catholic program that really? actually features music huh. and and musicians. So there you go. Um, so today uh, we got news, Noel. Got anything? Some in- anything in the news? Got some interesting stuff that happened in the past couple of weeks, and I'll just give you some really quick headlines. So, for yes. example, the Pope decides to work home for a change. <laughs> All right, decides to work. Home. How, how often do you hear that? Doesn't um, he work from home already? Well. Like he walks down the hall to his <laughs> office? Come well, on. he decides to work home. Okay, yeah, okay, I'll explain. From his bedroom. From his bedroom. Okay. This popular Marian shrine closes its miraculous healing pools. Really? Yeah. Okay, I want to hear And I'm going to go into that one. And, you know, lastly, Canada rushes towards a death-on-demand medical yeah. culture. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, okay, so, so we're going to talk... We're going to get details We're going to talk about that coming up. Yeah, all right, good. So all those uh, items, that news is coming up very shortly in about five minutes with Noel. And then today, Mark Matthews is going to join us from Hollywood. He's got something about digital well-being, and I think he's going to make a, a connection there with Lent and, and digital well-being. So that's in about 10 minutes, right after the news. And then... Church for Dummies. Church for Dummies. Church for yes, dummies. we have, have a, a good question. We have a really good question today because I have already asked Ron in my in my <laughs> in my office. Yes. Okay. Yeah. And people say that always oh, a really good question. It's, it's actually I'm about uh, on Apostle Creed. The Apostles. They they use two lines uh-huh. that I don't understand. Okay. And what would that um, be? No, we will, we will tell. Or you're not going to tell. I'm us. dying I'm not to know. Tell Come you. on, okay, you so, yes. so you have to stay and listen. I got to stay and listen. Yes. Very so important. Church for Dummies about a, something in the Apostles' Creed that Billy doesn't understand. <laughs> I hope that I understand it so that I can explain <laughs> it. Okay. So here's a question for you guys. Yes. Separation of church and state. Right. W- w- how do you feel about that? What, what do you think that means? Do you think people understand what that means? Whoa. Whoa. That, 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 that. What do you think separation of church and state means? In my opinion, that's yeah. literally making church and state completely you know uh, separate like there's no talk about church or religion in state and politics and vice versa okay yeah i think that's what most people think what do you I, think you know oh. i come from china uh, uh, oh, no, hong, hong kong, kong. sorry hong okay kong. and um i don't see a lot uh the church and the state um has a lot of uh, Interaction? Re- relation right i don't see that so right. what is the what what is it? I just want to know what is it then. Well, then you need to stay tuned yeah. for our featured interview in our second half hour in about twenty five minutes. We're going to be speaking with Mark Brosens of the Archdiocese of Toronto because <laughs> they have a new political engagement initiative. So he's going to be telling us why Catholics need to be engaged politically, and he's going to give us some tips as to how best to do that so that it works. So ah, stay tuned. That's in about twenty five minutes. Very important. Okay, yeah. no separation of church and state. Interesting. Um, and then at the end of the show, we're going to be joined by Nate Reinhardt. <gasps> Nate is the lead singer of a band that is new. You guys have never heard of Sonar Worship. Sonar? Sonar huh? Worship. Sonar? You yeah, mean my first question is going to be to Nate, why did you call the band Sonar yeah. Worship? I think I get worship, but Sonar. Sonar. Um, so they're a band from St. Paul, Minnesota. Um, we learned about Sonar because of Ali Aliyah, who actually has been featured uh-huh. on this program. Again, another artist who told us about this band. Huh. So there you go. They're really good, and we're going to get to talk to Nate Reinhardt uh, of Sonar Worship at the end of the program. Um, if you're not going to be listening, remember, you just go to our website, saltandlighttv.org, and that's where you can listen to the rest of the show. Um, and you can also subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts because we're there, Salt and Light Hour. All right, let's start with the song. 
Here's Sonar Worship. I always ask you as if you were had to give me permission, but we're going to start with a song. Yes, anyway. let's start with a let's song. Start with a song. Sonar Worship uh, with Never Gonna Let Go from their album Magnified. Change. 
That was Sonar Worship with Never Gonna Let Go from their album Magnified. And we're going to be speaking with Nate Reinhardt, frontman of the band Sonar Worship, in about 30 minutes. But first, uh, Noel is still here with our news. So, the Pope. Yeah, some interesting things. During his general audience and Ash Wednesday Mass last week, the Pope was actually seen coughing and blowing his nose a lot. Right. Actually, it fueled a lot of speculation as to whether yes. or not the Pope was sick with the coronavirus. That's crazy, yes. Imagine that. Yeah, yeah. You know, but rest assured, reports came out just yesterday that the Pope was, in fact, tested for the virus with negative results. Uh-huh. Okay, so he's, okay. he's in the clear. So, but, but, <laughs> but despite that, the Pope had decided not to attend his yearly Lenten retreat with the Curia that he holds really? every single year. Yeah, okay. just outside of Rome. Instead, stay home to rest and followed the reflection from his room. Okay, interesting. I thought he had gone to the retreat. Okay, no, so no, he's, no. He's he stayed behind. So and he is. Maybe I, he has a cold. He, or he, apparently, sniffles. he has a cold. Yeah. And and uh, the nice thing is the fact that because he was scheduled to be at that retreat for the whole week, he's got nothing on his calendar. Right. Good. So it's good. Maybe he needs to rest. On the same note. Okay, the famous Marian Shrine at Lords has closed down its healing pools as a precaution against the coronavirus. Right. Okay. As a number of people are testing positive for the coronavirus in Europe, uh, the French shrine has announced that pilgrims are still welcome to come. Okay. But the miraculous pools that the sick bathe in, hoping for healing, will be temporarily closed until further notice. So. Yeah. <laughs> it, yeah. It, it's kind of ironic. So. So people who are sick, who want to go into the pool... Can't. ...to get healed... healed. ...can't because going into the pool would make might, other people... Can, yeah, it might, it might spread the virus. might spread the virus. Yeah, so you might actually go into the pool and get sick. So do we really believe... Okay, I'm going to stop here. Uh, yeah, so that, anyways, okay. be that as it may, that's currently, you know, uh, raise a lot of eyebrows and a lot of questions out there in the Marian Shrine. Interesting. So the pools at Lourdes are closed. Are closed. All yeah. right. The miraculous okay. healing pools yes. are closed. Yes, sorry about that. <laughs> okay. And lastly, okay. Uh, really shortly, here in Canada, the Archbishop of Toronto, Cardinal Collins, yep. has blasted the federal government's new death on demand bill. It will be basically make euthanasia available to anyone with an incurable illness, disease, or disability. Yeah. Basically, no more restrictions. Yes. Okay. The new bill called Bill C-7 also removes the 10-day waiting period that used to be mandatory even for those who had a reasonably foreseeable death. Right. Okay. Now, there's a lot to this statement. It's yes. definitely worth the read. So, for those interested, the Cardinal's strong denunciation was published in the, in the Toronto Star this past Monday, and it is definitely worth a read. Okay, good. We'll put a link on our on our uh, webpage there so people can easily find it. And and uh, I know that uh, Cardinal Collins is not the only bishop that has written stuff. That is correct. Um, across the country. In fact, the, the bishops as a conference might have put out a statement too. I know that they've been very vocal. Um, it's all very concerning, and, and I'm, we will be talking about this in this program as, uh, as we have in the past, and I'm sure it'll... it'll uh, the story develops. Anyway, exactly. so there you go. Uh, thank it. you. Thank no, you, my Noel. pleasure. Thank you for the news. Noel Okel, he's a producer here at Salt and Light Media. You can follow him at Noel Okel.
Coming up is our Hollywood undercover missionary, Mark Matthews, with digital well-being and what's good in Hollywood, so don't go anywhere. This is John Travick. Thank you so much for listening to the Salt and Light Hour with Deacon Pedro. I hope you check out my new album and that it blesses you this day. Send me an email, radio at saltandlighttv.org, or look for me, Deacon Pedro, on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. And now it's time for... What's Good in Hollywood with our Hollywood undercover missionary, Mark Matthews. Mark, welcome back. So, so Mark, it's, it's, it's Lent, and, and in the past, I know you've talked about media, fasting, and internet asceticism, and what could possibly be new what, what are you going to give us that's new? new fasting from hollywood well, there is a trend let me tell you a trend okay that is being called digital well-being okay and it, its values are very interestingly uh, aligned with christian values believe it or not wow so this is like a california thing or a, or a, this digital well-being is like a social it, 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 it's it's like california has rediscovered you know, fundamental Christian virtues or something. <laughs> I don't know how it happened. It's a miracle. Digital. So. Okay, good. But you're going to tell us. So how does it work? Yes. So, so okay. Perfect example of this is Apple has a new feature called Screen Time, uh-huh. and Android is, is called Digital Wellbeing, okay. properly enough. And it's a feature that very simply all it does is just reports to you how much you have been using your phone, how mm. much time. Break it down by apps and categories. Mm-hmm. And the first time I saw my, my own usage, I was like, what? Two and a half hours a day? It's like, no, no, no. There's, there's got to be a bug. This thing has right. to be wrong. Wow, you're like an addict. And that's the problem. I, I, yeah, that's what I thought. It, it, was, it was actually a huge eye-opener for me. And, and, and I, it was self-knowledge. And then it, it hit me. St. Teresa of Avila said that self-knowledge, it's the foundation of humility. Hmm. Humility is not just you know, self, uh, you know, negation or, you know, self, what do they call it, abjection. Yeah. Um, it, it's, it's self-knowledge. It's, hmm. it's the truth, actually. Yeah. And what better self-knowledge than how much we've been using our phone? You know, right. it's, it's, ama- it's amazing. It's like, here's technology helping us. Right. So that, I get that with the phone. And I actually have, you've inspired me now to get the app so I can, because now I'm curious about myself. But, yeah. but how about my TV? Like, how do I know how much? Yeah, I, I know. Don't we need it on our TV? Wouldn't that be great? Every time you turn it on, just like if it just so you've watched the TV six hours this week already, you know? Turn it off. It's, and it turns uh, itself it, off. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It'd be great. Well, that's actually the next thing is that... Really? So, yeah. So you can set restrictions on these as well, too. You can say, well, I only want to use Instagram for five minutes every day kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. And and so and so this this goes for both... both uh, uh, Android and iPhone, really? um, and they've also had things like parental controls for uh-huh. a while as well too. So, so this is kind of again very much along the Christian virtue or ideal of of poverty mm-hmm. and or a poverty in simplicity. And so, quite often, you know, if you really read the saints, you know, they they don't mean like abject poverty of you know that we should all be 
you know, starving and in tattered clothes and whatnot. And, and I mean, hey, there's, there's a time and a place for that. Mm-hmm. But what they're really getting at is simplicity, is reduce all the things in your life that distract you from God. Right. And again, here, it's like everyone's, everyone knows this, everyone says it. It's like, yeah, it's, it's Twitter that's distracting me from God. So it's like, hey, you've got, you've got a, 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 you actually have a technological feature now that can help you. So hmm. use it. And, and so I'd say, hey, maybe try, try A, looking at these this Lent, try turning on some of those time limits. Right. And hey, maybe make one of your friends your parents or something, you know, if you need to add a few restrictions or something like that. So, okay, that's a good idea. And, and, yep. Yeah, and, and, and again, I love this. Heck has picked up on this. Mm-hmm. Uh, Google has released an actual envelope you can print out and an app. You print out this envelope and and you put your phone inside the envelope, and then all it has is just the numbers on the phone. So you actually have to remember phone numbers. Really? So it just, it, yeah, it's, it's essentially it's reducing features on your phone. It just turns it into like, I don't know, like a standard flip phone with, with no, no special no features access. Wow, like that's that. interesting. I need that. Yeah, yeah. It's like, hey, maybe try that out for a day or two this Lent as well. Yeah, remembering um, phone numbers. <laughs> yeah, yeah, remember a phone number. And then the, the, the last thing, they've actually got an app for this, too. Uh, I forget what it's called. It's called, like, yeah, We Flip. It's basically an app where you just sit around with your friends. You get four or five of you together. You all pl- press the We Flip button together. Uh-huh. And then it basically says, talk amongst yourselves. Put your phones in a pile. And the first person to, like, unflip, you know, sort of ruins that kind of a thing. So it's kind of a challenge yeah. to say, hey, how long can we go? without actually using our phone. So, right. I, I, again, I love this idea. Good. So, digital well-being. Tr- look up some of these things, try them out this length. Okay, good. You've inspired me, because I know a lot of people that have those those little apps to check how much the screen time they have, but I've, I was like, I don't need that. I'm only on my phone for five minutes a day, but clearly I'm probably like the two and a half hours with you. Okay, good. Oh, yeah, it's scary. Digital well-being. There you go, something good for Lent coming from Hollywood. Mark Matthews, our Hollywood undercover missionary. Thank you. I know, unbelievable. Something good from California. There you go. There you have it. Uh, Mark Matthews, our Hollywood undercover missionary. You can follow him at HUMissionary. Hi, this is Lorraine Hess. And you're listening to the Salt and Light Hour with Deacon Pedro. I'm Deacon Pedro. If you're just tuning in on the Catholic Channel, go to our website, saltandlighttv.org, to listen to the rest of the show. And now it's time for... Church for Dummies! With Billy Chan. This question has been bothering uh, a lot of people around me, actually. question about the creed. Yeah, about the creed. Not not, not the whole creed. Okay. Okay, it's actually only two lines. The lines was, is... He descended into hell. Okay. Yeah, yeah. On the third day, he rose again from the dead. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And he also go. go he descended go, into go, hell. Ascended so into your question, heaven. Your question is why? My question is why Jesus need to go to hell? Yeah. Okay. And what is the purpose? Yeah. Yeah. Why? Why? Okay. So I used to think. Yeah. Um, I this is an easy, this is actually fairly easy because it's, it's, it's written in the in catechism. it's in the catechism. Yes. So P, the catechism for people who don't know the catechism is organized by one one of the sections goes through all the articles in the creed. Mm-hmm. So it's like line by line the creed. So of course when you get to the line he descended into hell the third section right if I remember correctly yeah mm-hmm. I am not sure mm-hmm. but yes 
that there's a whole yeah, 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 you yeah. know four five paragraphs or line whatever. by line line yeah. yeah so so now I before I tell you what the catechism says I used to think that yeah of course Jesus descended into hell because that's how he destroys the powers mm-hmm. of hell he destroys death yeah destroy death that's another one that is really hard to understand but it turns out well no actually that's not hard to understand okay. I think it's easier to understand that Jesus died <laughs> Jesus had to die in order to destroy death okay but he didn't have to go into hell yeah to destroy death because so here's what the catechism says Mm -hmm. that the first is that the word hell again is it wrong the word hell doesn't mean hell the way we understand hell today like flames and you know where the devil is in place of eternal damnation hell is the place of the dead so he descended the original I don't know if you remember in English the old translation was he descended to the dead um, and I the don't reason, know. The reason in English, so the reason it was changed, so he descended into hell and people complained. I mean, people complained about the changes <laughs> because that's what the Latin says. But in Latin, infiernos, it kind of makes more sense. In Hebrew, it's Sheol, which is mm-hmm. the place of the dead. Mm-hmm. So we don't understand that he went to hell necessarily, but he went to where all the dead people were. So he went into hell okay, wait, 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 to wait, wait, deliver wait. all the people because heaven... So and I learned this when I was growing up okay. the Baltimore Catechism everyone who lived before Jesus yeah they could not go to heaven oh because it's not heaven was closed saving yet yeah exactly heaven was closed so they were in the place of the dead Adam oh. and Eve and Abraham and Moses and all those people oh, okay. everyone so whether they're going to go to heaven or go to hell or be eternally damned or saved they were all in the place of the so dead so they're all stuck in a room um, so it all stuck yeah. in a room somewhere <laughs> in the waiting room so Jesus goes into quote unquote hell uh-huh. the place of the dead to deliver the damned sorry he doesn't go to deliver the damned yeah. or to destroy hell of damnation or to f- or to even free the just sorry but to free all the just people that had lived before him all the just people so for those who have seen mortal sin they still they may well, still go like to just like anybody else just like anybody okay. else that's going to go to heaven but so basically he goes in there to free them because he opens the gates of heaven but how about now if I die do I need to go to that waiting room or no not well, anymore no 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 you probably go to purgatory with everybody oh. else oh um, so the room is not exist anymore I don't know I okay. don't, it's not a room it's not a physical place but you know I found something because you made me look so okay. in, in the first letter of Peter chapter 4 verse 6 Peter writes Christ went down into the depths of death so that the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God and those who hear will live. So St. Peter wrote that oh. in his first letter. So that's in Scripture. He goes down to the depth of death. And in uh, the letter of John, sorry, in the Gospel of John, chapter 525, Jesus says, Very truly I tell you, a time is coming and has now come when the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God and those who hear will live. So I think that that says something also about Jesus having to go so that everybody, even the dead, hear the voice of the Lord, hear the voice of God, so that they will live. Because that uh, very fascinating. Um, it is because of uh, uh, because we know there is heaven, we know there is purgatory, we know there is hell. Yes, but there is a little place. No, I think that that after I, we die. I mean, I don't know. Maybe someone who's listening actually knows about this. There are experts in 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 heaven, hell, purgatory. I would say that before Jesus died. There was no heaven help. I mean, there was, but people could not go there. Okay. So they went to the place of the dead. That now mm-hmm. you can go straight to heaven. You can go straight to hell, I suppose. But most people probably just go to purgatory because they're on their way to heaven. Mm. So purgatory. If you're if you're if you're in purgatory, you're on your way to heaven. 
Okay. Um, okay. But that's different than this place. It's not a place. But yeah. This, this, this physical place is hard to understand. This place is just a state. Okay. Where, because heaven was closed, basically. At that so, time. Yeah. So by the expression, and this is the Catechism 636, by mm -hmm. the expression, he descended into hell, the Apostles' Creed confesses that Jesus did really die and through his death, death for us, conquered death and the devil who has the power of death. So that's, we, that's true. And in his human soul, united to the, his divine person, the dead Christ went down to the realm of the dead. He opened heaven's gates for the just who had gone before him. So that's why he had to go into hell. So the heaven is not open yet. So that's why he need to go there. Tell that, hey, heaven yeah, is open now. Yeah, basically to go. In fact, there's a beautiful go. homily, okay. uh, ancient homily uh -huh. on for, for Holy Saturday, mm -hmm. where it talks about how Jesus having to go to get Adam and Eve and bring oh. them um, and I think there's some some beautiful uh, religious sacred art about Jesus meeting Adam and Eve um, actually that might be a nice uh, piece of art that we can find wow. to put it on the site uh, yeah. for Holy Saturday yeah. they stuck there for 2,000 years yeah wow well no before Jesus 3,000 5,000 Five, okay 6,000 I don't know how many <laughs> thousand years anyway there <laughs> thank you go you, thank so you. Billy Chan uh, our webmaster here at Salt and Light Media you can follow him at B. Joe Chan Coming up in our second half hour, separation of church and state, and we meet the band Sonar Worship, so stay tuned. These children, they mainly depend on us. In East Africa, religious sisters are close to and care for the most vulnerable. They fight poverty, build peace, educate youth, and transform communities with courageous leadership. Everybody has the right to live in a good way. Watch the new three-part docuseries, As I Have Done, now streaming for free at saltandlighttv.org slash as I have done throughout the season of Lent. Hello and welcome to the Salt and Light Hour Part 2. I'm Deacon Pedro. All of us have been sold on the idea that separation of church and state means that religion and faith has no place in politics and government. We think that faith is private and that there is no place for faith in the public square. But is that what it means? Shouldn't Catholics and people of faith be politically engaged? The Archdiocese of Toronto thinks so, and that's why they've initiated Parish Action. And to tell us more, earlier this week I had a visit from Mark Brosens, Communications Manager of the Archdiocese of Toronto. Mark, welcome to the Salt and Light Hour. It's great to be here. Thank you very much for having me. I'm, yeah, it's I'm good honored. to have you, actually. So, so ex I just want to go back to people hear this phrase, separation of church and mm -hmm. state. Yeah. And I, I think you would agree with me that we don't know what that means. <laughs> what does it actually mean? Well, I think it means different things for different people, you know, like to a certain extent, like I think the thing that we have to keep in mind, we're talking about the separation of church and state is for a lot of people, what they actually mean when they say that is they want a separation of of religion from politics, uh -huh. you know, sort of thing. So there's a certain people out there who are skeptical of the role that we play in society. And I think the thing that what we're trying to say at the Archdiocese of Toronto is that part of living the gospel is going out in the community and making the world a better place, caring right. about the common good. So you think that, that people think that separation of church and state means that 
I cannot or a politician cannot bring his faith into his work. Yeah, and people of faith and that people can, of faith cannot be engaged politically. Yeah, I think some people want uh, you know, the public sphere to be a completely secular space. And I think one of the things they forget about that, and like the Canadian philosopher Charles Taylor talked uh-huh. about this a bit, right. is that secularization is to a certain extent, it's kind of like a religion of its own. You know, it has these it values is. It built is. It's a into belief it. system. And so yeah. I don't think that there's anything wrong with people of faith who are doing so much to make their community a better place to start off with using that faith to go and interact in the political sphere. I think that's good for everybody. Right. So, uh, I mean, obviously you would suggest, and and, and, uh, most, if not all, of our listeners are Catholic. You would say that if you're Catholic, our faith demands or says, like a Catholic church teaches, that we should be engaged politically? Yeah, totally. And I think that there's a long history of thinking this in the Catholic church. I think if you look at the gospel, you know, Jesus is not just saying that, you know, your faith isn't about, you know, making you as a person a, a better person and uh-huh. keeping that all in yourself. No, Jesus said to go out and, and, and be a missionary to make the world a better place. Right. So it goes back to the gospel. But, you know, I, th- I think if you look at the history of Catholic social teaching, which is yeah. something I think in the church we sometimes forget about, mm-hmm. uh, but it's this really rich treasure that that isn't talked about enough in the church. It goes back to like the 1890s where Pope Leo the uh, the 13th was telling us, hey, look, people have to be at the center of all the decisions that are made in the political realm. Right. We can't lose, fact, uh, lose sight of the fact that people have dignity and that people's uh, dignity and self-worth have to be at the center of the political equation and in the center of, of, of the economy. And so if you have these values that are important and that the, 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 the Gospels are telling us to have to be in the center of how a community works, then mm-hmm. I think it's really important that like the political reality, the political landscape that's out there reflects that. And how else do you do that other than getting people of faith out there involved in the yeah. political process? Now, in the past, uh, the Archdiocese of Toronto has had events under the, the umbrella of what we call faith in the public square yes. that I think is part of what, what this means. But you... Uh, or the Archdiocese has started a new initiative. We're calling it the Parish Action. Correct. Um, and that is, it's a political engagement. So we're trying to, you're trying to, well, maybe I should ask you, what, what, <laughs> it, what is it, the, what's the Parish Action? So what we're trying to do is, uh, in the past, the Archdiocese of Toronto has had, you know, priests, the cardinal, uh, staff members like myself yes. go and meet with politicians and have conversations with them about, you know, this is what we're seeing in the community. You know, we're okay. kind of boots on the ground when it comes to social issues. And this is what we're seeing. And this is how we think you could, you know, help people. Yeah. What we're trying to do with the Parish Action Initiative is kind of take it a step further and say, you know, we have all these parishioners who do amazing work in the community. They're doing volunteer work. They're they're living in their communities, their wards, their ridings, their constituencies. They see stuff. They know stuff. Yeah. But a lot of them are kind of scared or intimidated to kind of go out there and kind of interact with politicians yeah. and, and say, hey, I'm seeing this. This is a solution that I think that would make the entire community better. So what we're trying to do is encourage them to actually go out there and do that. So we're doing that in a couple ways. First of all, we're just 
asking them to do that. And I think to a certain extent, that's part of the problem that we have in the political world right now. It's not enough people are tapping other good people on the shoulder and saying, okay. hey, go hey, out and make you, a difference. Yeah. And the other thing that we're doing is we're trying to give them resources to help them understand right. how the yeah. political process works and how they can be effective in that yeah. space because it's an alien world for a lot of people. Well, I, I was going to ask you about that, and I want to get to some of these tips, resources, yeah, okay, uh, so that maybe we can get some of our listeners. Uh, as, as you know, in the United States, yep. and a lot of our listeners are in the United States, they're in the middle of an election right now, and they need to be engaged. Here in Canada, we have a whole bunch of issues that yep. concern us, but I think that you're not just talking about certain religious or faith, if <laughs> I'm doing the quotes, uh, yeah. faith issues. Um, but I was going to ask you, do you think that people are scared or afraid to, to engage a politician or, a, or an elected repre representative because we've been sold on the idea that they are all anti-faith or that they're against us? I think they're the enemy. I think it's some of that. I think there's a larger social problem happening here as well in that people are, are, are disengaging from the political, political process in a number of ways. You know, people who are subscribing to a newspaper, way down. People right. who are party members, way down. Uh -huh. People who show up and vote, way down. So there's that general overall withdrawing from the political process, I mm -hmm. think, that's happening across North American society. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, yeah, it kind of goes back to the separation of church and state thing that we started talking about in the beginning. And I, I think in some societies, we're made to feel that, you know, going out and trying to do work with your faith in, in the public square is something that you should almost be ashamed of. Yeah. And, and, and that's that's unfortunate. I think that's not right because I think that we have a lot of like here in the Catholic Church, we have two millennia of wisdom yeah. and values built into us that helps guide our work and helps guide how we see society. And, and you know, I think we could draw on that to, to go out and work with people. But, right. you know, I think that is a thing that we need to overcome, not mm -hmm. being scared not being of, of, yeah. of professing that faith. Yeah. And I would say that, at least in my experience, most of them are not anti-faith. You know, if you have yeah, a good and you're totally. reasonable about it. So that's why I want to get to the tip. So we don't have a lot of times, but maybe, you know, your top three five maybe tips of how if people want to engage their elected representative what uh, what kind of things should they keep in mind I think okay, I'll do three okay. okay I think the first thing is just do it because <laughs> I think a lot of people uh, they get worried or scared about doing these things for a variety of reasons and I think you make a great point that you know, most politicians, they won't recoil if you're a person of faith and you go talk to them as right. a member of faith community. They, you're their boss to a certain extent, right? Yeah. Like they got elected, elected by them. you. Yeah. So even if they, they don't like your faith perspective, they like your vote. So keep that in mind. Yeah. And most people aren't going out and doing this. So if you do, you're going to be one of the few people yeah. who's doing it. So yeah. that's a huge impact. Yes. So just, just try. You don't have to be perfect. Just do it. Two uh, is what the uh, Archbishop of Toronto, Carl Cardinal Collins, Thomas Collins, says all the time. Yes. Flubbing the boss's name. I'm yes, sorry. Yes. Yeah. Uh, you know, act with clarity and charity. Right. Uh, we too often demonize other people who we don't agree with, we don't see eye to eye with. Treat everybody like they're a person that's worthy of respect and dignity. Right. And present your position to them in a way that makes sense and is clear, and you'll right. go a long way. Yeah. And last tip I have is just have a plan. Do your research. Um, you know, most people don't put thought into their political positions. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Most people don't go do anything about it either. So if yeah. you do a little bit of research, 
you treat the person that you're meeting with with the respect that they will have a position that's possibly different than yours, but you can come up with arguments and facts that may get you guys closer together. Exactly. That's going to go such a long way. Exactly. Exactly. And I was just going to say, um, every other interest group is meeting with politicians. Totally. You know, the dairy farmers, what was it that you're, the, 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 the oh, people yeah. who want the four-day four weekend. weekend. Yeah. And if they're taking, you know, we can do it too because I hate to see ourselves as an interest group, but but I guess we are. Well, um, but we're constituents. Yeah, as, as Catholics here in Canada, you know, we're more than a third of the population, That's right? True. So it's a That's thing. True. It's like, you know, are we an interest group or are we just a bunch of uh, citizens who see the, the world the same way and have the same values? That's true. There's nothing That's wrong true. with having like, um, you know, uh, solidarity with other yeah. people in your community. There's nothing wrong with being guided by values and there's nothing wrong when those values are guided by faith. Absolutely. So archtoronto.org slash parish action slash parish action. It's not quite ready yet, but it will be soon. very soon. And very, there's going to be soon. lots of resources, uh, videos, so that people can get more tips if they want to be more engaged politically. So we'll keep reminding people. So that's archtoronto.org slash parish action. Mark Brosens, thank you for sharing a little bit of that with us today. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. We spoke with Mark Brosens earlier this week. He is the communications manager of the Archdiocese of Toronto. If you want to learn more about Parish Action or learn some more of those tips that Mark mentioned, go to archtoronto.org slash parishaction. To listen to this interview again or for the rest of the program, go to our website, saltandlighttv.org, and look for the Salt and Light Hour. Here now is Sonar Worship with their single, Remember Abraham. Shoot. 
That was Sonar Worship with their still unreleased single, Remember Abraham. Sonar Worship is a five-person band from St. Paul, Minnesota. They take their roots from electronic dance music, rock, pop, and even bluegrass. But they are just as good leading worship and animating a big rally as they are with mass or traditional hymns. Sonar Worship has a few singles and one extended play, an EP titled Magnified. And to tell us more, I'm now joined by the lead singer, Nate Reinhardt. Nate, welcome to the Salt and Light Hour. Thanks so much for having me. So uh, I guess I want to know, how did the how did the band form? Were you guys like playing at mass? And is that how? Because a lot of the, I find a lot of the Catholic groups, that's how they started. Um, how did you guys yeah, come together? A, that's a great question. We, uh, we formed uh, quite a while ago. Um, I actually wasn't in the band when we formed. In oh, fact, yeah? uh, none of us, except really? for we have one remaining member from when, from when we started, which is um, my co-singer um, and, and our keyboardist, which is Caroline Metzinger. Right. Okay. And she started the band when she was working for uh, Net Ministries here okay. in St. Paul. Uh huh. Yeah. Interesting. So then, is it is part of the idea that there are always members kind of coming in and going out, like graduating, or is it just that people came and went and you guys? How long has this current band been? Like you got these five people been together? Yeah, our current band has been together for about six years, and okay. I'd say it's just kind of been an organic thing that people have have come and gone. Right. Um, but the stability that we've had for the last six years has been. It's it's just really truly amazing to to be with a group of people to work together to minister together to right. worship together and be in long long van rides together um, <laughs> just to have that same group of people uh, yeah. is is absolutely a blessing. So why the name Sonar? I get worship, but why Sonar worship? Um like- yeah. So um, be honest with you, I I wasn't in the band when we started this part, but um, <laughs> to hear Caroline talk about it is really beautiful. But um, the idea is that in, in worship, we're kind of providing sight through sound in the same way that um, a okay. sonar, you know, sends out sound waves and, and can give you a map of the ocean floor. Uh-huh. Um, the hope is that in our worship, we're, we're providing sight and enlightenment through sound. Um, and so that's the name Sonar Worship. Wow, that's really interesting. How did you uh, get come to join the band then? Yeah, um, I was uh, working um, up here in a parish, and one of my good friends from college had kind of gotten connected with the band and uh, was uh, asked to join. And uh, man, it's been a it's been an amazing, amazing journey um, right. to to be in a band and and now lead it, even though I, I wasn't the the starting uh, founding member. Right. Um, Right. But uh, to enter a spirit and uh, that, that Caroline really started has been uh, really awesome. Uh-huh. Were you doing your own music before the, the band? Um, yeah. So I had I was uh, just kind of fresh out of college and um, working um, at a parish doing youth ministry and, and music. And yeah. so um, that was kind of the connection to uh, to enter the band. Right. And and uh, I'm assuming did you grow up Catholic? Were you was that part of your experience growing up? Yeah, absolutely. Um, absolutely. And I, I had it um, kind of in my head, even from uh, being a junior in high school, that I would be involved in worship and uh, 
working in the church and liturgical music. Um, I went to college with that as a mission um, rather than trying to decide what I was going to do. That was um, really on my heart from an early time. Yeah. So were you, did you grow up uh, also doing music as well? Was that, were you in like a musical family kind of thing or? We're, we are not a, a musical family. My mom, uh, we have a piano in the house and my mom uh, would yeah. play it a little bit, but um, we're not a musical family at all. I uh, no. kind of was on my own, but very, very encouraged in, in, uh, in doing music. Right. Um, but, but it's, it's, and you're, you're, the, you're, sorry, just to be sure. So you're, you're the lead singer and you play guitar as well, right? Um, That's correct. Uh, of your own music... How much? Like, how does that work now that you're with a band? Did you bring some of your own material? Like, hey, I have this song that maybe works good as a band. Uh, uh, how is that? Tell me a little bit about that creative process. Working it with a with a group of of uh, other yeah. people. Yeah. Um, to be honest with you, I I don't think I was a good enough songwriter on my <laughs> own to to bring something to the band. Okay. Um, I have really uh, benefited from being in a group. Um, and doing that songwriting together. Uh-huh. Um, when we, we put together this most recent EP, Magnified, um, yeah. we did it in a bunch of kind of different groups. We brought in kind of friends who aren't part of the band, um, who live here in, in St. Paul, Minnesota. Right. Um, Connor Flanagan is an artist that some oh, people yeah. may know. And then Abe uh-huh. Gross um, is, a, is a local guy, and, and we got to, to write with them. And uh, huh. it, it was a, just it's just a wonderful wonderful experience you yeah know, for the first part of the band we really were doing almost all cover music and it was um two three years ago that we um felt like we weren't getting the music that we wanted to worship with okay um and uh that really led us into songwriting so i i'm glad you mentioned connor flanagan because we're actually going to be featuring him on the show in a couple of weeks so uh, uh we've never had him i'm just meeting him uh, thanks to ali alia again uh, probably you know her too um i was i was playing in her band last night so okay Ali's, so there you Ali's go absolutely so, wonderful <laughs> yeah she's good and she's been on the show and we're going to also bring her back in the next couple of weeks um did you feel so you were saying that you felt that that it was time to start writing together and and that was kind of what drove the idea of an album because the album would be all the original songs right yeah um in a lot of ways we were um i say that we weren't getting the kind of music that we we wanted or needed um which was really um to to have some female-led songs that are Uh was something that we 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 just we weren't getting from other sources. Yeah, so if you listen to the EP, you'll hear Caroline yeah. just ripping out these wonderful vocals on on upbeat things that are female led. Yes, um, and so that was a big driver is that we didn't have that. We would we go to places and either we'd have to take a song that was originally um, done by a man and and switch it to a, a female key, or um, or I would end up doing a lot of the upbeat stuff and Caroline would do the slow stuff and we we didn't like that. We we wanted the to have something that had some more female-led stuff. So that was a big impetus um, to, to putting the EP together was we, huh. we felt there was a need in the church for um, some upbeat female-led songs, but also um, just songs that were fun. Um, yeah. yeah. Songs that were fun. When, when I started um, songwriting, I, I took myself so seriously, and um, almost all my songs were, were very, very depressing and sad. Um, and and they they had to be overly serious, and I, I think it was a um, a revelation that 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 we had as a band that that music can be fun. 
Yeah. Um, that worship can be fun. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it doesn't have to be so incredibly serious or overly theological. Um, though yeah. I feel like we have that too. Uh, you featured our Remember Abraham track, which is yes. pretty theological. Um, but uh, we we really, the impetus was was to have some fun in, in the songwriting and this yeah. music. No, it is fun. And in fact, we're going to end the show by playing one of those upbeat songs that Caroline sings, Wild and Untamed. Um, but since you mentioned Remember Abraham, so that's not released yet, which makes me think that you guys are already working on a new album? You know... Um, we uh, we are working on some songs. We're in the early process of, of songwriting. Uh, Remember, Abraham is something that we've kind of had in a back burner. We're trying to really decide if it fits the sound of what we're doing right now okay. um, before we release it. But we wanted to include it because um, it uh, just so well ma- matches the season of Lent. Um, right. It's, yeah, it's, it does. It's pulled from the Office of Readings from a homily that, that happens in the Office of Readings on Holy Thursday. Huh. And... Um, and it just kind of uh, felt that season, and we, we wanted to feature something that was a little bit slower and, and in the spirit of Lent. Good. Okay. Well, good. I'm still, you kind of avoided my question there about the new album. So <laughs> I'm sure that when you're ready to, oh, yeah. to, <laughs> to have a new album, we'll, let us let us know because we, we really like we the will. music. Yeah, for sure. It's uh, <laughs> really looking forward to uh uh, hearing more uh, from you guys because it's really good. I'm so uh, and and I must give a shout out to Ali Aliyah because she's really connected us with a lot of wonderful artists that we never even heard of. So thanks to her and through this program, so many more people are hearing about all these great Catholic groups that are doing wonderful, wonderful music like you guys, Sonar Worship. So uh, so this has been really good. Thank you uh, for sharing a little bit with us today, Nate, and for sharing your music with us. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Nate Reinhardt is the lead singer of the band Sonar Worship. You can find all about them, listen to and purchase their music, and book them for your event, which they will make fun for sure at their website, sonarworship.com. Here now to take us out is Sonar Worship with Wild and Untamed from their album, Magnified. The pulse like the beat, like the beat of a drum A mighty wind moving through, now I'm ready to run I'm overwhelmed by the fire, by the blaze of your love Now I'm fearless I need you like the moon needs the light of the sun Break through, see the stars, there's no limit to love listening to Sonar Worship with Wild and Untamed from their album Magnified. And that will bring us to the end of the program this week. If you missed part of the program, remember, go to saltandlighttv.org. That's where you can find all our programs and also where you can get the links to all our artists and guests. You can also subscribe to the Salt and Light Hour podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Email us, radio at saltandlighttv.org or look for me on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Remember, I'm Deacon Pedro. In the next couple of weeks, Luke Spihar, Marie Miller, Tori Harris, and Ali Alia, and also new artists. We're going to meet Connor Flanagan and Dan Ferrari. So lots of great music coming up. So you don't want to miss any of those shows. Thank you for being with us. Continue having a blessed Lenten season. I'm Deacon Pedro, and this has been the Salt and Light Hour. Your spirit is my power.
an untamed caught up in it. My day can't be crazy. I need you like so bad. It's so rad. This new life, game time, and you the highlight. Sports center, top ten. We raise it up to new levels. We don't stop, no slow mo. HD full throttle. We locked in. Let's go. It's time to live wild. We don't stop, no slow mo. HD full throttle. We locked in. Let's go. It's time to live wild. Your spirit is my power. Your spirit.